Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for anyone who wants to achieve their dream of getting and staying well, happy and free from any form of alcohol dependence. Dry January. Three reasons to do it and three reasons not to do it. Today's episode will be in two parts. In part one, I'll talk about three reasons to do dry January and three reasons not to do dry January. And in the second part of today's episode, Lewis is going to share his thoughts on dry January. And if you are struggling with it, more importantly, what you can do about that. So please do listen through to the whole episode. Hello, how are you doing? Antonia here checking in with you. Even though we've probably not met, I'm here on the sidelines cheering on your efforts to end your dependence on alcohol in whatever form that takes. Remember, getting started is the hard bit. So even if you're just considering making the first step on your recovery journey, put your foot down and keep going. What have you got to lose except hangovers, guilt, shame, fuzzy thinking and so on and so on. No doubt you will have heard of dry January, sober October or dry July. Dry January and sober October have become very popular in the UK. In particular, dry January started out back in the 1940s as a way for the government to improve the health of the population as part of the World War II effort. As these initiatives have progressed, they've become an effective way for various charities to raise money for their causes by urging drinkers to go booze-free for a month. Many of my friends and acquaintances have run marathons, created Facebook charity pages and risen to the challenge of being a non-drinker for a month and raised funds for many worthy causes. The basic concept seems like a great idea. Today we'll talk about why that is, why it isn't so great and how the perspectives discussed apply to you. First off, If you're considering dry January, ask yourself why. Be clear about your intentions and what you hope the outcome will be. Do you just want to reset your drinking that has perhaps gone off the scale over the holiday period? Perhaps you want to do a low-key informal detox to give your body a rest and kickstart a healthy new year. Just a quick aside here. If you do want to detox, you might be interested in Lewis David's book, the 10-Day Alcohol Detox Plan, which has helped tens of thousands of people to detox safely. But getting back to your reasons, maybe you want to save some money or lose some weight. No doubt you will both save money and quite possibly lose a few pounds too if it's been a long time since you've gone one day or one week or one month without a drink. Perhaps you're just sober curious. More about this later. But for now... Get clear about your intentions or motivations for the month. I'm guessing that if you are listening to this, you are not a moderate, problem-free drinker who just wants to raise some funds for your favourite charity. Perhaps you want to prove to yourself or to a loved one that when it comes to alcohol, you can truly just take it or leave it. So you're going to leave it for a month and see how you get on. So pause for a moment and ask yourself, why? Why do you want to do a dry January? So now let's get on with the meat and potatoes of this episode. Three reasons why you should 
and three reasons why you possibly shouldn't do a dry January. So why would you consider contemplating four weeks without the booze? First off, it's a start and getting started can be hard. So if you're all primed to make a start, maybe it is time to go for it. If you've stopped up on alcohol-free drinks, have a diary free from booze-filled social engagements and instead you've scheduled in lots of yoga classes, 5k runs and nights in to pamper yourself, it is a good time to make a start. Perhaps you've declared to all your Facebook friends that you'll be ditching the drink for a month and set up a page to raise money for a cause close to your heart. I would be loath to talk you out of it. If you feel motivated, pumped up and ready to go, why not go for it? We'll talk about why not a little bit later, so listen on to get a well-rounded idea of what I mean. But for now, if you feel inspired and ready to go, hang on to all those positive feelings and listen on to avoid what might trip you up a few days into January. The second reason dry January could work is that you've filled your month with lots of the good stuff I've mentioned, exercise you enjoy, a bit of tender loving care and pampering. If you've downloaded lots of quick lit to read, have a batch of movies to watch on Netflix and your kitchen cupboards are full of tasty treats and non-alcoholic beverages, you are in effect crowding out the siren call of the booze. You're setting yourself up for success. So why talk yourself out of doing a dry January if it's the right time for you? The third reason dry January might work for you, whether as a break from the drink or to kickstart being sober longer term, is that it is a socially acceptable and laudable thing to do. Okay, perhaps in an ideal world, we shouldn't be so concerned about what is socially acceptable. But we are sociable human beings And without getting bogged down in the science or psychology of it all, on the whole, most of us are concerned, to a greater or lesser extent, about what people think about us. It's easier to say you're not drinking as you're doing a dry January. But you know what? The vast majority of your acquaintances and Facebook friends aren't really bothered about whether you are drinking or you're not. If your drinking has caused any concern or worry, your loved ones, the people who truly cherish you, will be pleased that you are at least having a break from the booze. So ultimately, you don't really need to worry too much about what is socially acceptable or easier. But in the short term, to get you started out on an alcohol-free path, it could help you feel a bit more comfortable about being a non-drinker. It can give you a chance to get used to the idea of going out and having a non-alcoholic drink in your glass. It can give you the opportunity for your head to clear and enjoy your mornings, start to sleep better and get maybe just a tiny glimpse of an alcohol-free lifestyle without the pain and angst of feeling the need to explain or excuse yourself socially. Although this feeling really is a bit of an illusion. But as you get used to refraining from booze, you will see that most people are too concerned about themselves to really worry about what's in your glass. A preoccupation with what substance other people are imbibing is usually a sign of concern about one's own drinking. So bear that in mind. Okay, so far so good, you might be thinking. 
If you're all primed and ready to go for your dry January, perhaps what I've said would give you the green light and I would never talk anybody out of stopping drinking. But even if you are totally up for the alcohol-free month, listen on to help avoid pitfalls and as always, take out of what I have to say what applies to you. First off, let's consider the month of January in the Northern Hemisphere. For the vast majority of people in the north part of America or in mainland Europe, January can be cold, wet, grey and a bit yuck really. I choose to spend my Januaries in Southern Europe and even here it could be one of the less inspiring months. Often we have hefty bills to pay on the credit card. There can seem to be too much month and not enough money. The bright fairy lights come down and the Christmas tinsel is stored away for another year. You might feel sluggish and your warm bed is much more inviting than that 5k run you planned in your pre-New Year enthusiasm. So ask yourself, is this really the best time to start on your sober adventure? If you're pumped up and ready to go on New Year's Day, will you still feel that way on the 3rd of January or the 8th or the 21st? January being dark, grey and cold is not totally a reason to not even try, but bear in mind and plan for it. Be realistic and ensure you are not trying to do something that could possibly be personally challenging at the most challenging part of the year. Second, purge and binge, suffer and reward, pain followed by gain. You get the picture. You suffer through a month of perceived deprivation. You struggle on, you grit your teeth and you take days off in your calendar and yay, you get to the end and you reward yourself with a drink. Groundhog Day, back to square one. Okay, perhaps you feel better, you've saved some money, you've lost a little weight, made a hefty contribution to the charity of your choice and earned some kudos on Facebook. But you get the idea. It seems to be human nature that if we set ourselves a short-term challenge and feel deprived, we will go back big time to the substance or behaviour we feel we absolutely need and love. So if long-term sobriety or moderation is your goal, this short-term method might not be the best way to get started. What a pity to miss out on all that bliss that sobriety can bring, even if it's just fragments here and there, because you see it as a grim challenge just to get through. The last reason doing a one-month challenge is perhaps not the best way to get started is that a month is too much and not enough. Let me explain. A month could seem like an eternity. January might just loom endlessly on out into the stratosphere in an eternal colourless purgatory of missing out. So it's just too much and it's not enough. You might start to feel better in a month or you might start to win back your self-respect or esteem but it will just be a tiny glimpse. You might not get the full-on pink cloud in just a month. Your full appreciation of the joys of sobriety or abstention might well get muddied by tricky adjustments to your routine, feeling physically off and seeing the cold light of the January days in stark contrast the warm glow of those boozy December nights. 
dry January might well work for you to kickstart an alcohol-free new year. It might be the best decision you ever made, but I would urge you to take off your rosé-tinted spectacles and look at the prospect with a sense of realism and self-knowledge. Consider your long-term intentions and motivations. If you do stop drinking, plan ahead and do it mindfully. And if you carry on drinking, plan ahead and do it mindfully. By that I mean, if you plan on stopping, build it in your buffers to help keep you going. Build up your support network in terms of friends and people to keep cheering you on. Be accountable. Build in some fun, non-alcoholic activities and keep a steady awareness of how you are feeling, reacting and responding to being alcohol-free. You might want to keep a few notes on your phone or in a journal. If you carry on drinking, you might consider gradually cutting down with a view to stopping completely. Keep some notes, keep a diary of how many drinks you imbibe, how easy or difficult it's been. And if you set yourself some self-imposed rules, for example, only drinking at weekends or only having one glass of wine at night with dinner, did you manage to stick to these rules? No judgment, no shame. Just look on it as an experiment and note your observations. Could you stick to your own rules? And if not, what do you think you should do next? The information you get might be life-saving. So whatever you choose to do, do so with self-compassion. You can only do what you can do. You know yourself better than anyone else. So in the quiet little corners of your heart and mind, only you know what your true intentions are. If you truly want to stop, and you are willing to give it a committed and positive attempt, go for it, whether it's January, October or July. If you're contemplating a dry month to prove something, or to win back someone else's affections or trust, or to hold on to a job or repair finances that are in tatters due to your huge bar bill, perhaps it's time to look at the bigger picture and see past just a dry January. So there you have it, three reasons to do dry January and three reasons not to do it. In the next segment coming up, Lewis will share with us his thoughts on dry January. As a therapist working on the cold face of alcohol recovery in public health in the UK, he's quite a lot to say on the subject. So listen on to find out what his take is on dry January. And more importantly, if you decide not to do dry January or you are struggling with it, what you can do instead. So over to Lewis. Hello, this is Lewis David, and uh, I'm recording this at the uh, at the end of 2021, in December 2021. And as always, there will be millions of people around the world thinking about doing dry January. Now, I have to tell you that I'm not a great fan of dry January. That might surprise you. But I'll explain why. As readers of my books will know, I am not a great fan at all of one-size-fits-all solutions for drink problems. This is because there are many kinds of drink problems. There are many kinds of drinkers. After all, drinkers are just human beings and we're all different. 
Consequently, the kind of recovery that is right for one person, well, it might not be exactly right for another person. You know, some people I've dealt with have had, you know, their, their, their difficulty with alcohol has been perhaps drinking one or two glasses of wine a day. For them, this was a serious issue. So I would put together a plan for them to deal with that issue. But also, I've dealt with people who drink two to three bottles of whiskey a day. They need a different solution. If I use the same method of recovery with them as I used with the person who drinks one or two glasses of wine a day, guess what? It's not going to work. One size fits all solutions don't usually work. At least not for everyone. Now, when it comes to dry January, if you are uh, a person that does dry January every year, you enjoy doing it, you feel it really benefits you, that's fantastic because it so happens that dry January is the size that fits you. That's wonderful. You just keep doing that. You found your solution. However, I know from my work with drinkers Two other scenarios which are not so good are very, very common. The first scenario is the person who tries dry January and then after a few days just feel they can't do it anymore and they pick up a drink. And this goes very badly because they now think they're a failure, which is just a trigger to drink even more. This is not a very good outcome. They'd have probably been better off not doing dry January in the first place. The other common scenario is where someone does dry January, they get through the whole month, but they completely white knuckle it. They hate it. It gives them a very poor feeling about sobriety. They don't really feel the benefit of it. They're just determined to get through to the end of January. Then come 1st of February, guess what? They start drinking like a parched horse. And within hours of drinking, they totally give back all the benefits that they got from that month of not drinking. This also is not a good outcome. However, I have a different proposition for you. Something that will work if dry January is not right for you. It's something that I use successfully many, many times with people when I worked in addiction services. It's something that I put into my book, the 10-day alcohol detox plan, and I know from reader feedback that it works for people out there as well, very, very well. It's something that I call doubling up, and this is how it works. First of all, you need to choose a target, a target to stay sober. Now, this should be something that you feel comfortable with. Many readers of my books, they will choose 10 days as a target, obviously because the book's called the 10-Day Alcohol Detox Plan. So they use choose 10 days as their target. However, if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can choose a different target. For example, you know, if you've been a heavy drinker for 20 years and you drink every day, the idea of being sober for 10 days might sound like, I don't know, it might sound as impossible as climbing up the Himalayas barefoot. If that's the case, choose a different target. For instance, you might think, 
I can't do 10 days, but I think I can do a day. If that's the case, choose a day as your target. Conversely, you might be someone that actually hasn't had a drink for a few weeks and you want a long-term solution, a long-term target, in which case 10 days isn't going to be enough for you. You might choose three months as a target or maybe six months. But whatever is your target, it needs to be something that will stretch you a bit, but you believe that it's possible. So choose your target and go for it. Now, to explain how doubling up works, I'll use the 10 days as an example. Let's say that you've done 10 days sober. At the end of the 10 days, what I want you to do is now choose your next target. And the the target I'm going to suggest is another 10 days. Why? Well, because you've just done 10 days. You've done the hard graft. You know you can do 10 days. It's a certainty. So doing another 10 days should be comparatively easy, should it not? Then, when you've reached the end of the second 10 days, well, you've now done 20 days. And I want you to choose a new target. And this is where the doubling up kicks in. Because I'm not going to suggest you do another 10 days because you've just done 20. You know you can do 20, so I'm going to suggest you do 20 more days. You know you can do it because you've just done it. That will then bring you up to 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, I want you to choose another target. And guess what I'm going to suggest? Another 40 days. This doubling up technique, as you can see, very quickly can get into quite long periods of time, far more than a month. But as you've only ever been doing a length of time that you know that you can do, that you're fairly comfortable with, it's not that difficult. And you use the same principle for other periods of time if the 10 days wasn't right for you. So to go back to the example of the person who felt they could only do one day, well, at the end of one day, they need to set another target, which would be another day. Then they've done two days, and I want them to set another target, which will be another two days. That brings them to four days, and so on. At the time of me making this recording, it's been just over two years since my book, The 10-Day Alcohol Detox Plan, came out. And I've had a lot of feedback from readers in that time. And something I'm seeing now is feedback from readers who've initially bought the book just to do the 10 days, but they're now over a year sober. I've had two in just this week from people who started off just trying to do 10 days and they're over a year sober, which is wonderful. And the amazing thing is that was never their intention at the start, but they've embraced the idea of doubling up and this is where it's brought them. I've also heard from other people who've used this technique to take a, a long break from drinking and have then found that having broken their addictive cycle with drinking, they've actually been able to go back uh, and drink again, but found that they can now drink at moderate levels, not the harmful levels that they were drinking at before. That's a different outcome, and some people might find that controversial. But it's a much better outcome than that what usually happens with people who do dry January, as I, I described earlier in this recording. And if the idea of, well, whether you should quit entirely forever, 
or whether you should moderate is something that's in your mind, you'll be interested to know that an, an upcoming podcast very soon will be on exactly that subject. But for now, this is Lewis David wishing you all the best with whatever recovery journey you're on. So there you go. Quite a bit to think about this week. As always, if you do have any particular questions or comments, or you wish to share your experience on the show, please do contact me at antonia at winspress.com. I'll leave a link in the description box for the show. Thanks for listening and we will talk next week. Bye for now. Bye.